Welcome to the podcast of the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church, where we are listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled Aftermath and was originally preached from our pulpit on August 22nd, 2021. Of course, we invite you to visit us. We're located pretty much in Clay Como, but in Kansas City at 310 Randolph Road. Come on by and say hello. And now, here is Pastor Philip Kuntz. As we turn to Galatians 6-7, and that's all it is, Galatians 6-7. Pastor, what's wrong with you that it's just so quick? Don't worry, we're going to come back to this two more times tonight, today. Galatians 6-7, that is. And Galatians 6-7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. You know, in school, by the way, congratulations, kids. You're about to go back to school. Isn't that nice? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm being a little facetious, but I used to love and hate school, very much so. I, I, I was not a big fan, but in school, I hated and loved so many classes. And one of the, the classes that I never cared for much was math. I was never good at math. Thank God for calculators and phones that have calculators on it. But I still have to remember some things. I still remember what two plus two is. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Cookie Monster. That being said, um, I still remember, and thanks to Ernie, no problem. But anyway, all that being said, uh, I was never good at math. But I do remember that after math, I hated after math because I usually had either a hard class after math and I was never good at it. My brain hated math. But by the time I was after math, my brain was done. I was ready to go home. And depending on the year after math, it was time to go home, thank God. Because by the time I got done with math, I was fried. I was ready to go home. I was done. And the truth is, is if, it was, if I had something hard after math, good luck teaching me anything. I was done with math. So after math, I was ready to go home. But today's title is After Math. But don't worry, we're not talking about math class. We're not talking about that. When we're talking about aftermath, we're talking about something else. We're going to talk about something that's a little controversial. It really is. We're going to talk about the joy of sinning. The joy of sinning. But I'm a little country boy in a sense, so I don't say sinning. I don't say I-N-G. I say in. So the joy of sinning. Uh, and the aftermath of sin. The repercussions. The consequences. In other words, you reap what you sow. We're going to talk about that today. You know, all sin, and we know this, we know that all sin, is not an excuse to do it, but all do sin. We know because we talk about it a lot. We talk about these things. In Romans 3.23, we quote this quite a bit, at least I do, and that is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I quote that a lot because it's important to remember that we have all sinned. That's why Jesus had come. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its, but its end is the way of death. And we know this to be true. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. So we do know that there is sin and we all are sinners. This is not an excuse to do so. But we know that there is sin, and yet from the sin, there is what? An aftermath. There is an aftermath, the consequences thereof. This is why Christ came. Even as Christians, we do make mistakes. We do. 
not an excuse to do so, does not give us an excuse to sin or take advantage of God's grace. And some do. And then you have to question, what relationship do they have with Christ? Are they saved? And that's not really for us to say. But we do know, as we say so very often by our actions, we are known. We do know that we only know what we see. And we'll talk more about that here. It says this in Romans 6.15, and I think this is a perfect verse for today. It says this, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. God forbid. We should not sin and take advantage of God's grace. Shouldn't be done. We shouldn't do that and say, well, God loves me, so I can just do whatever I want to do. No, we can't do that. We talked about this before. But it's true. We shouldn't do that. In fact, it's dreadful that some people try to do that, take advantage of God's grace. It's like a, a child who takes advantage of a mama's love. She's going to love me anyway, so I might as well do anything I want to do. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. They'll forgive me. That's not the point. When you love someone, you don't do that. Proverbs 11, and the fact is they do, they love themselves more. Proverbs 11.31, listen to this. This is very important. Listen to both parts of this verse. If the righteous will be repaid on earth, and they will, there will be rewards here on earth. Listen to what it says. If the righteous will be repaid on the earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? How much more the wicked and the sinner? There will be repercussions. There will be repercussions. There will be consequences for the sinner. And that goes for us, too. Yes, there will be aftermath for what we do. There will be. So let's go to the very controversial thing that a lot of ministers don't want to say, and it is very true, and that is sin does feel good. It does. Sin feels good when you do it for a time, just for a time, to the old sinful self. Talk about to the old man. The old man in you, the old flesh, it feels good. No matter what that sin might be, whether it be to lie when you're a kid. We lie sometimes. I used to before I was saved. But it might feel good to lie for a time. It might feel good to curse when you're angry for a time to get that anger out of you. It might be to throw a fit. I mean, I'll be cursing. To throw a fit. It might feel good for a time. It might feel good. You, you know, when you're all bottled up, upset, you might have done it. You might not have. But you're all bottled up and you start throwing things. It might feel good. And it does for a time. It might feel good to cheat on your spouse for a time. It might feel good to lust, to watch pornography, to do other things for a time. Because that's the old self. The old self. It might feel good to get drunk and throw all inhibitions to the wind for a time. Because that's the old self. But then, afterwards, there's a consequence. Afterwards, the Holy Spirit comes knocking on the door. Afterwards, say, uh-oh. And there's a payment that has to be made. There's a payment. It's like going to a restaurant. You ever been to a restaurant and you're hungry, you haven't eaten all day long, and you worked hard, you've been sweating all day long, and you're there and you're ready and you're with your friends, and here comes time, and all they bring out the menu, Oh, everything looks so good. Bring the appetizers. Bring it all out. Bring, oh, I don't care. I want it all. Oh, and it's also, and then it comes the check. Oh, who ordered that? Who? I, oh, my gosh. And comes time to pay. Hey, hey, you don't have any money. To, I, oh, my gosh. And, you, and it comes time to pay the bill. Folks, sin is that way. 
Sin is like going to a really expensive restaurant. And by the way, after you get done eating all that, oh, that wasn't very good. It sure looked good. It tasted good for the moment, but the taste buds have run out. And then you start tasting the aftermath. You get on the scale. Ooh, how did I get that? Oh, man, I gained 50 pounds. How? How? Well, folks, because you're full of the waste. You're full of the waste. You Did you really need that third Sunday? Probably not. But the fact of the matter is, and I know, I know all about it. Believe me, look at me, can you tell? Uh, look, the fact of the matter is, is we all do this. We all get into that sinful way of overeating. You know what I'm talking about. The aftermath comes, and then it doesn't feel so good. And the Bible talks about this. It says, therefore, this is James 4, 17, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is what? Sin. It is sin. James 4, 17. By the way, people know when they're sinning. They make excuses. I didn't know. You knew. You knew deep down. That's what conscience is for. Holy Spirit uses the conscience for a, for a Christian. A lot of times the, the lost don't know, but a lot of times they do as well. They know they're not supposed to haul off and slap someone, but they do it anyway. They know not to say things online, but they do it anyway. Why? Because they don't care. That's why. We Christians know better too, but a lot of times we do it because we feel like we should. Because we're listening to the old man and not the new. It says in Colossians 3, 5, Therefore put to death the parts of your earthly nature. I've quoted this before. Sexual immorality, uncleanness, inordinate affection, which means unnatural affection. Evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. We know it's wrong, but we do it anyway. Why? Because we don't care. We don't care like we should. We know this. But now earlier I quoted you Galatians 6, 17, or excuse me, 6, 7. I'm going to do it again, adding verse 8, which says this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. It goes on to say, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And we should know better. We should know better. But sometimes we go to the old self. We make excuses. You know, when the lost makes excuses, I'm not saying it's right. We know it's not right. But we can understand a little more. But when we, the saved, do it, there's a real problem there. I love many worldly people. I do. I love them. I know many of them. I'm friends with some of them. I love them. But I don't love the worldly ways. Say, but I love them. I do too. Guess what? God loves them too. Doesn't mean we love what they do. We don't have to excuse them. Doesn't mean we love what they're doing, but we still love them. Doesn't mean we're to be like them. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, 17 and 19. We're definitely not to get in the pool of sin with them. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. Therefore, this I say and testify in the Lord, this is Paul speaking, that from now on you walk not as the other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, excluding from the life of God, through the, the ignorance that is within them, due to the hardness of their hearts, being calloused, they have given themselves over to the sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Is it really that wrong, some may say? Yes, it's wrong. Especially when you know better. They don't. They don't. So we pray for them. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whoever practices sin breaks the law, for sin is lawlessness. Now, the law of God is what we're talking about. Not our law here on earth, but the law of God. And we Christians know this. Christ has fulfilled the law. That's true. But when you go on breaking the law of God, and you're Christian, and you know better, think about this. It's like slapping Jesus Christ in the face. 
when Christians continue to live in ways they know is wrong to God, it's like slapping Jesus Christ on the face, on the cross, incidentally. Well, I know you died for me, and they do it anyway. They say, but you love me anyway. Yeah, doesn't mean you should do it. In fact, I say the exact opposite. I asked you in my heart, so now I can just do anything I want to. It's like those people who start taking diet pills to lose weight. But instead of doing it to lose weight, they do it to eat more food. How stupid is that? I could do anything I want to now because I've taken the magic pill. No, magic pills are not to take more junk. It's to get rid of the garbage that has come onto your hips. Folks, come on now. All throughout the Bible, sin and aftermath has been a part of it. Well, we know Adam and Eve, we know what happened. We know that what happened in the days of Noah. And because of that, there's aftermath of flooding on the earth. We know what happened with that. With Moses and the Israelites wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Because God was mad at them? Well, because they're aftermath of sin and they didn't follow Christ we, or the Lord God. We know that. And Christ in reality, if you think about the fact that he's the, the uh, angel of the Lord God and he was sitting there in the uh, whirlpool of fire, if you will. Yes. David and all of his aftermath. Samson in the aftermath of all the sin he did. Sodom and Gomorrah in their aftermath. Why do you think they call certain types of disgustingness sodomy? Solomon bringing in the ways of the world into God's kingdom in the aftermath of that. From that, we get some of 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles. We see what happened because of what, because of what Solomon did. From that, we get Isaiah and Jeremiah and Lamentations and Ezekiel. Daniel and Hosea, Joel, Amos, and Obadiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. These are all because of what happened in the times of Solomon and the aftermath of sin. This is what happens when you throw God out and you bring in the ways of the flesh. And this can all be summed up in the book of Jeremiah, verse 4 of chapter 4. 4-4, four, four, and it says this. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. This is not talking physically. This is talking spiritually. Listen to what it says. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, you men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come... This is talking from the Lord now. Lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because the evil of your deeds... The Lord was talking to Jeremiah, which was talking to the people, saying, because you have abandoned me and abandoned my way, I'm coming down on you. I'm leaving the land, and you will be split because you have not followed me in any way, shape, or form. This is why the land split, because the people have chosen their ways above the ways of the Lord God, and we wonder what's going on in America, and I think we know. We've seen things happen this very week. I'm not going to get into all the politics of it except to say this. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with a donkey. It has nothing to do with an elephant. It has nothing to do with names. It has to do with the one name, and that is the Lord God, that no one is following the Lamb. And that's what it has to do with. The morality or lack thereof. Sin might feel good for a while, but then there comes the aftermath. Years ago, stupid old me took the information and wisdom of an unwise moron who told me to quit taking medication for seizures. This was years ago when I didn't have them all that bad, but I did have them. And I was so wise that I listened to him. And so wise that I had a seizure on the floor at Sam's Club and died for a couple minutes. <laughs> you know why? You don't take wisdom from a fool. You take wisdom from the Lord God. 
from the doctors that he sends to you. My point is, is that don't listen to stupid people. Listen to the Lord God. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. In the book of Numbers, Moses was guiding the people, not the people he left Israel with, or excuse me, left Egypt with, but their children, because they abandoned God's way, and we talked about that a moment ago. They abandoned God's way, and they all died in the wilderness for 40 years. But their children was following Moses, and at this point, they were about to go into battle with God's command, into God's promised land. Now listen to this. They didn't take it at the time, but listen. Moses said to them, this is God's words through Moses, if you will do this thing, this is verse 20 through 23 of Numbers 32. Moses said to them, if you will do this thing, if you will be armed before the Lord of war, and, you, and all of you, each armed, will go over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then after that you will return and be exempt before the Lord and before Israel, and this land will be your possession before the Lord. Verse 23 says this, and remember, but if you will not do so, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Now, I want to talk about the second part. Does this mean that everyone is going to know your sin? No. It doesn't mean that everyone in the world is going to know your sin. It doesn't mean it's going to be stamped on your face. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that your sin will know you. It's like Satan knows your weaknesses. He knows he's going to, it's going to find you. But God, on the other hand, God, on the other hand, knows all the ways about you. He knows you inside and out. He knows your sin. And I think that should be enough. Well, God loves me anyway. That doesn't matter. If you love God, you're not going to want to give in to those weaknesses. You're going to want to get stronger and get stronger in the Lord God and his word and stand against those sins. Not you, but he through you. And let's be honest, deep down, deep down, everyone can see it too. Everyone can, I'm not saying they're going to see exactly what you did, but they're going to see your weaknesses. And why? Because the Holy Spirit reveals your truth. We've said it over and over again, by your actions you are known. It's like when people put on those little thin face masks. It's just so thin. People can see it. You can tell when someone's lying. Usually, if you have any wisdom whatsoever, you can see when someone's being nice or it's just an act. You can tell. You can tell. You're not foolish. You know. You know. You know why. And the fact of the matter is, is be sure your sin will find you out. Your sin's going to hunt you down, what's in your heart. But Philip, I can't, Pastor Philip, I can't help it if I have once in my heart yet. Well, you can. And you know why? Because your want-tos, your want-tos should be of God before anything else. Let's say deep down, you have a want-to to do something horrible. Maybe you're angry at someone. Maybe you want to seek revenge. Besides the obvious that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Don't let that want to overdo your want to to serve God and let his love be your biggest want to. I know people upset us. I know that. But someone hurt my son. Someone hurt my daughter. I know. I know. And I'm sorry. I'm so incredibly sorry. A mama and a daddy, they're going to love their kid. I know. And there's a natural want to to take it into your own hands. I know that. But you can't because you have to follow God. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting to do it. The sin is not that. The sin is in doing it. Give yourself over to the Lord and his love will overcome your personal anger. It will. There's nothing wrong with being upset. It's what you do with it. I know. You're talking to a man who's divorced. You don't think I'm angry at times? But I give it over to God and he takes over. I've been lied to. I've been lied about. I've been manipulated. I've been everything else. You know, being a nice guy, which I do my very best to be. I'm not perfect, incidentally, obviously. But the fact of the matter is, is sometimes I've been manipulated. And there's times that I've gotten very angry about being lied about and lied to. But you can't let that take the advantage of you. And you can't let that take, I'm talking about the anger. You can't let that take advantage of you. There's times online that people misunderstand the things you're saying, and that hurts too. But you can't let that take advantage of you. You've got to settle down and let God take over. Why? Because there's repercussions. There's repercussions of letting the flesh take advantage. There's repercussions in your actions always, whether it be for the good or whether it be for the bad. There's repercussions. There is an aftermath to your actions. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather there be an aftermath for following Christ than following the flesh, following the Lord than following the devil. Amen? Amen. So there are repercussions in life. There are. And it says in Hebrews 12, 7, endure discipline. It says God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? Well, I'll tell you one. A lot of these little millennials and people like that who don't get a whole lot of discipline nowadays. And we see what happens in a generation like that. We Christians need discipline. Now, I'm not going to get into how you raise your kid or anything. I will say this. A child, especially a child of God, needs discipline. When people say God loves us so we can do whatever we want to do, that's not true. We need discipline. And we need self-discipline. This is why it's so important to raise your child up in the way they should go. You need discipline. But if you've been raised without any discipline and you don't understand what it's like, I'm going to tell you something. Now, <laughs> she's right here. But I'm so very thankful for my father and my mother giving me spankings. <laughs> At the time, I didn't appreciate it too awful much. At the time, uh, where I'm sitting right now, on the back part of me, they, it didn't appreciate it too awful much, but it may be taking a few weights off me, so I'm okay with that, a few pounds. But let me just tell you this, I'm very appreciative of it. They taught me that you can't always get your way. And the Lord God doesn't want you to always get your way because your way is dangerous. Your way, your will is dangerous. Your will will send you to hell. Your way will send you to the ways of the devil. Your way is not always right. In fact, most of the time it's not. If it's away from the Lord's way, it's not right. And you need to be disciplined. Discipline is very important. Remember that. Romans 1, 24 through 28 says this, and this is vitally important when talking about discipline. Therefore, God gave them up to, and this is because people didn't follow God. So he says, okay, fine, fine. You don't want to follow me. Go right ahead. Do what you're going to do, but you'll be sorry. Do what you want, but you'll be sorry. So this is why there are repercussions for what we do, always. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. Now, think about America when you hear this. They turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Talking about God, amen. 
For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature. Likewise, the men, leaving the natural function of the women, burned in their lust towards one another, men with men, doing that which is shameful, and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do these things which are not proper. Now, what does that mean? That means that God allowed them to live sinful lives, not because he said it was okay, because he says, well, you're not going to listen to me. So since you're not listening anyway, just go on. doesn't mean he said it was okay. Just do what you're going to do. When you're done, come back, and we'll see what happens. You know, it happens sometimes. Sometimes a, a kid is bound and determined to fall off a bike without a helmet because they're bound and determined not to wear the helmet, and you see what happens. Well, you know. You know. They come in with scrapes and, and bruises, and they say, Mom, Mom, Dad, Dad, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You didn't listen. And now look. But don't you feel sorry for me? Well, I feel bad that it happened. Yeah. I feel bad you didn't listen. Yeah. Well, I pat you on the back. Sure. But I'm not going to make you feel, oh, poor little me. Oh, you're a horrible person, Pastor Phil. Well, maybe. But I don't think so. You know why? You can't make a person feel bad. They're bound and determined to be stupid. And you're, you're calling people stupid? People who don't listen to the Lord are stupid. Yes. He created all things. He knows what's going to happen. Don't think you're smarter than God. There's aftermath for not listening to the Lord God. Boy, you're an unloving man. No, I'm not. I love you enough to tell you the truth. That's the truth. I'll go on from there. Along with repercussions, its consequences with me is the same thing, except I'm putting them under different places here. And the reason is because I'm going to put it to you straightforward. I love you enough not to lie to you. You see, a lot of people will lie to you online. They'll lie to you on Facebook. They'll lie to you because they want to pat you on the back and make you feel oh so good about the toothaches you're going to get. I'm not going to do that to you. Now, I know you look at my teeth and you say, you're going to tell me about taking care of your teeth? No, I'm going to tell you about taking care of your soul. Listen to what it says. There are consequences. Number one consequence, you're going to be under slavery, a captivity to sin, which is a choice. You're going to be under captivity to sin. Number two, what you do, sinning and all that, it's an offense to God because you chose a sin over him, a sin over him. This sin has become a God to you. This is why you must be wise enough to realize it, to see it, that you've chosen the sin over the Lord. You don't want that. Number one is you're under slavery, the captivity to sin. Number two, it's an offense to God because you've chosen a sin over him. The sin has become a God to you. Number three, it causes death. Death to the lost and eternal death. It can, it, a death of all because it could be physical. Now, to this, it is a physical death when you do sins that can cause it. You know what I'm talking about. Whether it be drugs or drinking and you know what I'm talking about. And sexual stuff, it can cause physical death. It causes eternal death of the soul and all. But to the saved, it causes another kind of death. It causes a death to your relationship. I'm not talking about salvation, but I'm talking about your relationship to the Lord God. Your closeness to the Lord, spiritual strength with God, it causes a death to that. I've mentioned it many times before, but it's like having a friend that you never see anymore. A father that you never see anymore. You say, I, I still know, I'm still related to him. Yeah, you're still related to him. But you never see him. So you never see him. I mean, it, it, obviously I, I see my mom a lot. But if I never saw her ever again, say, I got a mom. Really? But do you know her? 
Do you know your dad? Do you know? If you don't know him, do you really know him? Just because you have him doesn't mean you know him. And that's really sad. That's like a death in a relationship. Number four, it causes damnation. For the lost, eternal damnation. And for the saved, it causes damnation too. Not eternal damnation. But here on earth, it causes a damnation. It causes a damnation to your testimony. And it does. It causes a damnation to your testimony. What a horrible testimony you have. It's damnation. Because people know. They know you're a horrible testimony. Oh, but wait a minute. Oh, he says he's a Christian. But did you know that I saw him doing this and that? Oh, did you know that he was over there in the corner looking at inappropriate things at the magazines? Did you know that he was at the bar? I saw him drunk as a, as a skunk, and he smelled like one too. You know, they have all these things because it's a horrible testimony. Oh, he says he's a Christian, but he was in laughing with all the dirty jokes, and he was laughing at God and saying blasphemous things and making fun of Jesus and watching these Folks, you know it's true. It's a, it's a death, a damnation to your testimony. And quite frankly, when it comes to your relationship with other people, you end up being homeless in that sense, stuck in the middle, in a lukewarm filth. You're not quite home with the Christians. You're not quite home with the lost. You're somewhat homeless in your relationship. There's a damnation there. You don't want that. There's consequences. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.9, it says, For God has not destined us for wrath. But for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not go to a place where we're going to have that kind of aftermath. There's always going to be aftermath. Let's choose the right things for aftermath. Let's choose the right things. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 16. Boy, Pastor, you're throwing a lot of scriptures. Oh, that's true. I am. I am. I am. But I think it's necessary today. I think it's necessary it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 16, These things also we proclaim, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Now think this through. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone. Now, I'm not going to stop there. This doesn't mean you're above everyone. This means the people of the world cannot judge you because they don't have the wisdom of the Lord God. The people of the world don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have Christ. Taking spiritual wisdom from those who don't have Christ is stupid. It is foolish. And I know there are probably young people who say saying stupid is a bad word. No, it's not. Most of the shows you watch are just full of bad words. Stupid is not a bad word. It's not nice. But it's also true. It is stupid and unwise to take words of wisdom from people who don't have any wisdom. You need wisdom from the Lord God. Now listen, I'm going to say this again. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone. We're talking about anyone of the world. Listen to what it says here. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, him being Jesus? But we have the mind of Christ. We're talking about those who are following the Lord Jesus Christ. Not those who are backsliding. Not those who aren't living in the word, not those who aren't living 
fully in the word. But if you are following the Lord God, listen now, if you are following the Lord Jesus Christ, then those of the world are not the ones you want to be taking wisdom from. In fact, I say, do not listen to them. Do not listen to them. You can love them. You can want the best for them, but do not listen to them for wisdom. You would be a fool to listen to them for wisdom. If anything, listen to them for who you should pray for, but not who you should take wisdom and advice from because they don't know Christ. So therefore, they don't really know you or understand you. Not because you are Christ, but because Christ lives in you. And if you listen to them and take advice from them, especially when it comes to spiritual matters, there's gonna be a lot of aftermath. And a lot of aftermath. Oh, but so-and-so, so-and-so online says, I don't care what so-and-so online says. I don't care what, what uh, Krusty online says, and I say Krusty because he's going to burn if he doesn't ask Jesus Christ in his, in his heart. But Krusty Bridges may say all sorts of things. But folks, and that sounds really kind of gross, but listen, folks, if Krusty doesn't ask Jesus in his heart, Krusty is going to burn. And I don't want that. Christ doesn't want that. He doesn't want us taking advice from the foolish. Well, we know what happened to Adam and Eve when they took advice from Satan. So we're not to take advice from Satan either. And we're not to take advice from Satan, who is the puppeteer to most of the people, I dare say 90% of the people of the world. Even a lot of the people who call themselves Christians. Don't be listening to them. They're not Jim Henson. No, 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 no. I said Jim Henson because he's the puppeteer behind the Muppets. No, no, no. The puppeteer is not Jim Henson. It is Satan. Remember that. Satan is sitting there talking through them, and they don't even know it. They don't know. Just don't listen to them. 1 John 5, 3-4 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Have faith in God. Love them, but don't love the things of them. I'll say it again. Love them, but don't love the things of them. We can love those people. I love them. I love them so much I cry for them. I love them so much I want them to come to know Jesus. But I'm sure you're not going to take their advice because I don't want the aftermath. And folks, the saddest part of the whole thing is there is an aftermath for those people who are living in sin. And the aftermath is that they're going to burn. I don't want that. And we should never joke about it. And we should not joke and mock Jesus' holiness either. But we should pray for him and want what's best for him. And there's an aftermath for hanging around those people and mocking Christ too. Even this week, I was made fun of a lot for the fact that I didn't mock the name of Jesus. It wouldn't mock. I said there's some things too holy to mock. And this is online, of course. And there was Christians. I'm a Christian, and I didn't say anything to them because, quite frankly, I, I wasn't going to get into it. I don't argue. There's no reason for it. But quite truthfully, if you're a Christian and you find humor and making fun of the name of Jesus Christ, you better think that through. You better think that through because if you have Jesus Christ living in you and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, how much so if you find it funny to make fun of the name of the one living in you who saved your life, your holy life, your eternal life. You better not find humor in that or you better start re-looking things over because there's an aftermath. Who's to say you weren't there with those people to tell them there's but one way to heaven instead You'd rather have had a giggle. 
You'd rather have had a giggle than to see those people saved. And that's a shame. And I will end by reading Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 again, along with verse 8 and verse 9. And it says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not give up. Never give up. It's going to be okay. I know this is kind of a heavy sermon. It's kind of a heavy sermon. It's a lot to talk about, the aftermath of sin. I know it's heavy and kind of a downer in a way, but not really. Because just like there's an aftermath of sin, there's an aftermath to following Christ. Just like there's an aftermath of doing bad, <laughs> there's an aftermath of doing good. You will be blessed, my brothers and sisters in Christ. When you follow the Lord God, when you get mocked from the people in this world, there's an aftermath. Oh, I know. You remember I told you it felt good to sin? I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to. Your pastor has sinned, just like you. Maybe not always the same ways, but your pastor has sinned before he was saved and after he was saved. I'm ashamed to say I've sinned. I've given into things I should never have. And then I felt guilty as sin because that's what I did. And the Lord God got a hold of me and worked on me through the Holy Spirit. But then you know what? There's other times that I was tempted to sin more often than giving in. And I start to feel bad about being tempted. But then the Holy Spirit reminds me the temptation is not the sin. The temptation is not the sin, okay? And when you're tempted, run away from it. Run away from it and go to the holy word of God and pray. And you know what? Just like it feels good for the flesh to give in to that sin for a time, just for a time. Folks, I'm here to tell you, when you give in to the Holy Spirit, when you give to the Holy Spirit and you flow in the Spirit and you grow in the Lord, that feeling really doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. You feel good and it doesn't go away. And it's not just that you're going to be blessed here. You're going to be blessed forever and ever. So don't listen to Satan. Don't listen to that temptation. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what I'm telling you now. The aftermath of sin may feel good for a moment, but the aftermath of listening to the Holy Spirit lasts forever. So you remember that, and every time you get tempted to sin after that, you remember the aftermath of walking away from, running away from sin. Remember that, and it will help you every single time. I promise you that. So yes, there's an aftermath of sin, and there's an aftermath of running away from sin, just like Joseph did at one point. Remember that. Remember that. Now let us bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your strength. 
We thank you, Lord God, for your strength, not for ours, because we know that we have much weakness within us. We know, Lord God, that our weaknesses bring us to the aftermath of sin. But, Lord God, we also know that you have given us strength and that when we call upon your strength, when we call upon your word, when we call upon your spirit, that you will give us strength to run away from sin. And, Lord God, we will feel your power, your love. And we know that this is for a moment in the sense that Satan will come back again. But, Lord, we also know that you will continue to remind us that you have given us the strength to say no to the temptation. And that there will be a great witness because of you. And I pray that we will remember that. And I pray, Lord God, if there right now be people who are remembering mistakes they may have made, and there probably is. I pray right now, Lord God, that they will remember not only of the aftermath of the mistakes and the aftermath of the sin. Maybe even they're feeling guilty for it. But they will remember, too, that you have forgiven them for that. But that they can turn to you so that they continue to run away from the temptation and that they have been saved by your grace and will continuously be saved. I pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen and amen.